0: DW Africa Link. It's 4 p.m. in Ivory Coast, just three days before the much-anticipated African final. This is DW's Africa Link, and we have a packed show with the latest on the Africa Cup of Nations. Mm-hmm. I am Eddie Micah Jr.
1: And I am Okerin Gushinado. We're also reaching you live on our Facebook page, that is DW Africa, and through our partner stations around the world. Tune in, share, and don't forget to comment.
0: That is right. Coming up, football fans from Nigeria and Ivory Coast are celebrating the advancement to the finals.
1: I see the final.
2: And we take the cup back to
1: Nigeria. Hey, of oh, Nigeria. Oh, we, we can never be knocked out. Never. It was tough, but really, God is with Ivory Coast. Yes, I see the celebrations happening until Sunday, but who will come out victorious and the winner of the 2023 AFCON tournament?
3: It's going to be interesting final because you have the Ivorians who are desperate to lay their hands on this AFCON. And then you have the Nigerian side who is determined, who feel it's the time for them to, you know, pick the trophy. Ooh, I can already feel the chills, you know, mm-hmm. the grand finale <laughs> day. But
0: uh, we'll get more into that. Before that, though, let's go for the world's news in
4: brief. DW News. And I am Buba Jallo. The bodies of 13 Sudanese migrants have been recovered and 27 others are missing after a boat sunk on Wednesday off the coast of Tunisia. A Tunisian official told the news agency Reuters on Thursday that the boat, which contained 42 Sudanese, had set off from the Tunisian city of Sfax. Vote counting has begun in Pakistan in an election dodged by violence and allegations of corruption. Several people were killed in militant attacks as tens of millions cast their votes under heavy security. Polls have closed and preliminary results are expected within hours, but a clear picture is not likely to emerge until early Friday. DW's Binish Javid reports from Islamabad.
1: Just before elections, violence has increased in Pakistan's southwestern province of Balochistan and northwestern province of KP. Yesterday, there were back-to-back two attacks uh, uh, on political workers. And even today, uh, there has been an attack in in northwestern Pakistan. uh, Actually, two attacks in northwestern Pakistan. Uh, Security is on high
4: alert. A senior official of the West African Regional Body, ECOWAS, said on Thursday that the junta-led Niger, Mali and Burkina Faso's decision to quit the bloc was hasty and did not take into account the conditions for withdrawal. The three nations' military rulers announced last month they were abandoning the political and economic bloc after it had pressured them to restore democracy. And you are listening to Africa Link News on Germany's international public broadcaster, DW. Israel's prime minister has rejected a Hamas proposal for a ceasefire in Gaza, saying an absolute victory there is just months away. Benjamin Netanyahu described the plan as "quote." delusional. He insisted that there is no alternative to the military collapse of Hamas, which is designated as a terrorist organization by many countries. TikTok said on Thursday it is challenging an EU fee to enforce a a content moderation law a day after Facebook owner Meta announced a similar move. The video sharing app is on a list of very large online platforms that must comply with stricter rules under the new uh, Blocks Digital Services Act. Scientists say that for the first time global temperatures have for a year been 1.5 degrees Celsius, hotter than in the pre-industrial era. The 2015 Paris Agreement pledged to limit global warming to 1.5 degrees. The target is still attainable as the average is measured over decades, not years. And finally, Ivory Coast's miraculous progression to the Africa Cup of Nations final has convinced many locals that that God is on their side. The host nation survived several close calls with elimination and these fans were extremely elated.
2: We can never be knocked out. Never. It was tough, but really God is with Ivory Coast.
5: We are very happy. We must thank the elephants. Thank them. Thanks to the coach. The third star is coming.
4: Excited fans there. And Ivory Coast will face three time champions, the Super Eagles of Nigeria, in a thrilling final this coming Sunday. Nigeria had seen of South Africa's Bafana Bafana in a penalty shootout. But uh, more on this shortly on Africa Link with our very own EMJ, Eddie Micah Jr. and Okere Ingoshi Nado. For more information, go to our Facebook page, DW Africa, and the website, dw.com. My name is Buba Jalo.
1: Thank you, Buba Jalo, for that news. You're listening to DW's Africa Link program with me, Okerin Gushinado.
0: And I am Eddie Micah Jr. Welcome to you on our Facebook page. That's DW Africa. We welcome your comments on the stories we're covering. Mm-hmm. Now, it's been a crazy month, hasn't it? It has uh, been. You can already see the back and forth and all that's been happening. So many ups and downs. But the 2023 African Cup of Nations tournament is reaching the final round with a showdown between Afghan hosts, Ivory Coast and Nigeria. Yeah,
1: and Ivory Coast proved their way to the finals after a grueling group stages. I mean, the fans are beyond grateful and mm-hmm. I've seen so many videos of the fans coming together and celebrating. Yep. Let's hear some Nigerian and Ivorian fans reacting to their teams making it to the final.
2: I see the final. I will take the cup back to Nigeria. Hey, oh, Nigeria. Oh, very excited for the match uh for the
6: qualification we thank god we give god the glory because we did it we've been working towards it and we did it and thank god for the victory we are very happy of course for the victory thank you we say thank you to everybody we said thank you to our goalkeeper for saving the penalties next match i promise you osime must have to score and uh Lukman must go uh, i expect scoring from the Lukman, simon ekong Because all of them, they are very good. Eh? Next match final, uh, we expect, in fact, I'm telling you we are going to score 3-0 over 0. Because we, Nigeria, we fit. We fit for the match. We fit to have the cup. So the cup is going to Nigeria.
2: We can never be knocked out, never. It was tough, but really, God is with Ivory Coast.
1: We can never be knocked out, never. It was tough, but really, God is with Ivory Coast.
5: We are very happy. We must thank the elephants. Thank them. Thanks to the coach. The third star is coming.
0: (laughs) <laughs> those were some reactions <laughs> from Nigerians <laughs> and Ivory Coast fans and I, I, I'm, t- Reactions also in the studio is quite interesting Kerry okay, was having her own reaction We also have uh, Ronya Brockmire in the studio Hi, Ronya is your microphone Hi, oh, yeah, hi. Ronya, Ronya is with us to help us uh, check out some of the comments on our Facebook page DW Africa So we'll be hearing from her in a bit
1: I mean, but to get more in the mood I spoke to our correspondent Samson Omale Who has been on the ground since the start of the tournament Take a listen
3: well, the mood is that of excitement, uh, partying, dancing. There were fireworks um, all over Abidjan. Uh, I, I was on the road from Buake to Abidjan and literally the people poured onto the streets uh, celebrating the qualification of a host, Ivory Coast, the Elephants of Cordova, for the finals of the 2023 AFCON. So it's been a talking point. As a matter of fact, uh, uh, a lot of people had their had their breath, almost losing their breath because Mm -hmm. they knew they were going to face a tough opposition in DRC and eventually uh, they were able to pull through and from all the pictures we're also seeing on the streets, you know, and of course the commentaries and radio and television, it's been out of excitement. Uh, The mood has stepped up and I think it's good for uh, the Africa Cup of Nations to see the hosts, you know, in the finals of the tournament, uh, it will increase the visibility. It will increase, uh, you know, the enthusiasm and, of course, the followership for the 2023 3 Afghan. And I think it's one of the best things that's happened to Ivory Coast.
1: Mm-hmm. I mean, last night's game was an agonizing defeat for DR Congo with a 1-0 loss. Who had, and they have been dreaming of a win since their last trophy in 1974. Can they at least clinch a third spot in this?
3: A third spot would be a difficult call for Congo, especially if you see the fact that uh, they will be meeting the Bafana Bafana of South Africa. Now, Bafana Bafana went up against the Super Eagles of Nigeria and lost in the penalty shooter. That game went into extra time and then, of course, went into uh, penalties. Uh, If you see the way the South Africans have played, they have uh, a very tactical well-versed, well-experienced coach in Hugo Bruce, uh, who has somehow been able to bring South Africa. They weren't seeing themselves in the semifinals at all. Nobody gave them the, the, the chance. And so they are in the finals. Now, DRC meeting a very strong, determined side like South Africa will be a difficult game. Even though you look at the pedigree of the DRC side over the tournament, they've been um, so resilient. They've been astute. Um, they had uh, you know really held their own when it comes to some of the games they played and seen them through way into the semifinals it would be a difficult game against South Africa uh, and it would be difficult to call if they would be able to pull the third sport uh, from that game that is scheduled to be played on the 10th of February at the felix Houphouët Boigny Stadium here in Abidjan Côte d'Ivoire
1: I mean you're rightly so putting it And uh, South Africa is also trying to vie For that third spot And I mean last night's match Was the most anticipated match I think South Africa and Nigeria And I was holding my breath during the penalties uh, But was the pressure too much For Ronwen Williams <laughs>
3: I, I, I mean to tell you something. I was just right behind him mm-hmm. um, uh, for two two times during that that that, that game. Uh, when I, I, I was just right behind me, t- taking pictures, and he was very confident. I mean, and by the time the game went into after Sarafka pulled the goal, uh, scored that penalty, I could see him literally controlling the game. Now he was the one controlling the tempo. He was buying the time because he wanted to go into penalties because he was so confident. Mm-hmm. You know, so he was holding more to the ball. He was trying to push out, you know, trying to run down the clock, as they say in football. Uh, So he was confident. The pressure uh, uh, somehow turned, you know, when the penalty shooter came. And uh, uh, that confidence began to ebb away. Uh, The moment his players began to throw away, you know, their penalties, uh, uh, this time around, the table turned. It was not Rowan Williams again, who was the star boy, but Stanley Wabali of Nigeria, yes. who now, you know, was now, you know, the 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 poster boy of that semi-final match on 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 Wednesday.
1: Yeah, it was a sad one indeed. I mean, I was after Saturday the way Ronan Williams caught the balls on Saturday's games. I think everyone was like, okay, this might be a good equalizer, um, a good penalty, and. They might actually make it to the finals but now looking ahead what can we expect from sunday's final ivory coast versus nigeria
3: It's the most talked about final is the most anticipated final and i can tell you i've been speaking with a cross session of ivorians right taxi drivers uh, i've been to the markets i'm speaking to those just trying to gauge their mood you go to the coffee shop you know i'm asking them way before yesterday who did they see in the finals I said, well it's going to be nigeria Ivory Coast. And hey, look, we're winning this cup. Uh So uh it's going to be a very interesting game. It's going to be an interesting final because you have the Ivorians who are desperate to lay their hands on this AFCON. And then you have a Nigerian side who is determined, who feel, hey, well, they've been pushed out of this for a very they've appeared in um, more finals than the Ivorians. And it looks like this is the time for them to, you know, pick the trophy. So it's going to be a very top game to watch.
1: That very top game indeed I was speaking <laughs> to DW correspondent Samson Omale, who has been there since the beginning of the AFCON tournament and I'm pretty sure he will bring us more updates mm-hmm. I mean on Sunday's final match yep. and yep. I can't wait
0: I, I also can't wait I'm already picturing where exactly to watch the game but you know yes. a lot of people looking forward to the finals are, are saying you know quite interesting things you know football connects with, with so many aspects of society right and uh, we have uh, Ronya Brockmeyer with us in the studio who, who works with DW of you and uh, you know she's she's gonna help us dissect what some of you are saying because there's this comment from a Nollywood actor who said who's reacted to the Super egos victory over South Africa by urging Nigerians to unite and push the country forward while celebrating that victory. Uh, so we basically said, what do you make? of his statement in terms of football uniting people. And we have some comments, right?
5: Yeah. um, David says, football and by extension sports are not the only things that unite Nigerians. The arts, entertainment, music, movies, comedy, and the creative industry do too.
0: Mm, But
5: sports, especially football, is the most powerful and influencer of Nigerians as things are now.
0: Yeah. I mean, it's... Is, is it even, is it even, uh, it's not really rocket science, is it? You see, when sports and activities mm-hmm. are going on, yeah. a lot of people <laughs> come together, um, and and, and witness what, what are what more are people saying?
5: Um, uh, Agbor says,
0: mm-hmm.
5: uh, football is the only thing that gives Africa some pride and recognition out there,
0: yeah. So, you should understand when I say my pride has gone down, maybe because Ghana, Ghana, <laughs> Ghana didn't make it this far.
1: It was the same for me when Namibia yeah. also <laughs> didn't make it, but you know, I. I, I w- like last night, for example, I was supporting South Africa for the mere reason yeah. that the other other southern African team that was kind of like pushed there to the <laughs> to the semifinals yeah. but it's very sad to see that yeah. no but, southern african yeah. team is in
0: to be honest. Uh, I was surprised Namibia went that far. We didn't Uh qualify. Not to throw shade, but uh, (laughs) it's all good. It's all good. We'll come back to Urania in a bit. But uh, during Afghan, we've had football legends in the stands from Nigeria, former footballer J.G. Okoja, Ivorian former footballer Didier Drogba. But on the sidelines, our correspondent Samson Umali spoke to Daniel Amokachi a Nigerian football manager and former professional player.
1: Mm -hmm. For a brief breakdown for people that don't know him, Omakachi was capped 44 times by Nigeria, scoring scoring 13 goals. Mm -hmm. His spell in international football saw him win the African Cup of Nations in 1994 and a gold medal at the 1996 Olympics. Omakachi has been following the games in Ivory Coast and speaks on his thoughts on this year's AFCON tournament.
7: I've been nowhere in the game for a while. And I've watched all the, uh, the matches so far, the African Cup of Nations and the, I'm in the broadcasting team, and uh, I comment a lot. Uh, I think first we have to give you know Africa a thumb up because of the number of ratios of goals that we've been scoring. Uh, we've scored, we are in the 30 plus ratios from the group stages to the knockout stage. Uh, we have overpassed the last two Afcons. That tells you that we are doing something good in Africa. But at the same time, you know, uh, in the last third, you know, is the decision-making. You know, uh, that decision-making that we, if you are there to get the ball to score, I don't give you a try to touch it extra more. Or I choose the wrong player that the ball should go to. And I think that's what we should work on. But, you know, uh, in Africa, we have a, you know, we have our culture and we have our style of football. And if we relate with our style of football, then, you know, we'll always be the best, football players in the world you know Africa and South America we are the same uh, but you know in the European angle of it you know they kill our style of football because they are too tactically disciplined and that's why I love what Ancelotti is doing at Real Madrid uh, that he said I cannot stop in our irrigation or visual uh, junior to do what they want to do up front because if I tell them to stay on the left wide and they are on the field and they see they need to make a run in the middle. Who am I as a manager to tell them? Because they have to decide. So that works makes a great player. And that's what African players are all about. And if we have a manager that understands that, you know, we'll fly. And a typical example is the, the last game the Ivorians play against Senegal. You have a manager who is an African. You have a manager who understands the players of African. You have a manager who understands the quality that the Ivorian players have. We have a player who is Siré, who is the ma- man of the match in the last game. He never played, he never kicked the ball. They never even put him. But he knows that this player he needs the link between the defense and the attack. And then he brought some players. He keeps some key player on the bench. That tells you the quality that Africa has when it comes to managerial and the skill of
0: football. All right.
1: That is Nigerian former footballer uh, Daniel Omakachi.
0: I like the way you say the name. Very. uh, (laughs) I'm
1: giving power to the name. Power to the name.
0: But uh, it's it's quite interesting uh, hammering on uh, the the aspect of local coaches Mm -hmm. versus foreign coaches. Because the African tournament has has challenged the notion that foreign coaches are superior to local coaches and leading African football teams. Uh, Foreign coaches have not outperformed the African counterparts per se in the 36 matches that were played at the group stage.
1: I mean, also in this year's tournament, Eddie, we have seen foreign coaches being sacked for yeah. national replacements. Mm-hmm. I mean, just this week... Egypt fired Portuguese head coach Rui Victoria mm-hmm. and replaced him with Hossam Hassan, the country's all-time top scorer with 68 goals.
0: Yeah, and it was not only Egypt. Ivory Coast coach Jean-Louis Gasset was fired after the group's poor performance in the group stage, although advancing and making it all the way to the finals at under uh, local coach now. Former Ivory Coast midfielder Emes Faye who was put in that interim uh, position and so far, so good. Mm-hmm. So, as you'd expect, this is gathering debate. I was talking foreign coaches or local coaches, and uh, we're gonna check out some of the comments on our Facebook page regarding that with Ronya Brockmeyer.
5: What are they saying? <laughs> uh, there's the comment from TJ saying that I prefer foreign coaches, no nepotism or tribalism, deliver or get sacked.
0: <laughs> That's pretty straightforward what isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> uh, and, uh, Ismaila Ba is, is, is quite a frequent, uh, uh, someone who frequently comments on our page. What did Ismaila say this time around? Ismaila, that's uh, Ismaila Ba Uh,
5: Yeah, uh, he's saying the problem with home-based coaches is nepotism is a high risky possibility Mm. uh, because they know the coaches and are able to influence them to select their relatives or friends. Mm -hmm. But a foreign coach would only select talent.
0: Yeah, Mm -hmm. the question also is, Kiki, what kind of talent? I mean, I just
5: want to
1: know, does Ghana have a national or foreign coach? Because we have a, a, a national coach.
0: You have a, a local yeah. coach? Yeah,
1: yeah uh, I'm sorry, local uh, coach, local Collins coach. Benjamin.
0: We, we we rotate. Well, the, the, the latest coach that we sacked was a foreign coach. Mm-hmm. Well, he's got Ghanaian roots, okay. right? Uh, but yeah, I would say sort of foreign slash local. But we've had a lot of uh, foreign coaches also. It didn't work out. Our team sucks. It's been, our team must <laughs> be sacking for, for quite a while. But what, what would you do? What what would you go for, foreign or local? Do you have any preference, ro- uh, um, Bronia,
5: Well, Bronia. <laughs> I mean... I guess local sounds good because uh, there's there's another comment from Chelsea saying that uh, she prefers African coaches because Mm -hmm. they're skilled and talented to some extent more than those foreigners. So I guess... Let them just do their
0: work. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. I I think I'm all up for giving the local talents the chance to, you know, make their nations proud. Let us know more of your thoughts on our Facebook page, DW Africa. If you just joined us, that is the program, Africa Link, with me, Eddie Micah Jr.
1: And I am also Okeri Ngushinado. We're also live on our Facebook page. That is DW Africa, but we have a lot more coming.
0: Yep. We will go to Nigeria. The country has introduced a new student loan program for, for tertiary education, but some are questioning the move.
1: If you are going to help somebody, it shouldn't be in form of a loan, it should be in form of a grant. If you check around, there are lot of graduates out there who have nothing to do. So if at the end of the day one is supposed to pay the loan, it's not going to be an easy one to Nigerian students. Also ahead, what happens next after a court in Kenya ruled that it is illegal to send police officers to Haiti? We'll get to that in a bit, but first let's go to Nigeria. The federal government introduced student loans to financially assist tertiary students in their education.
0: That's right. The loan is open to students who are admitted to any public Nigerian university or educational school. The loan covers the cost of tuition, fees and living expenses. President Tinubu last year signed the Access to Higher Education Bill into law known as the Student Loan Scheme. For more on how the scheme has been received, Sheil Salmanu sent us this report.
2: University education education is gradually becoming a mirage to less privileged youth youth in Nigeria as the school fees keep increasing. To caution the impact, the Nigerian government introduced a student loan scheme to help finance tertiary education in the country and to be repaid 10% the student monthly earning within 10 years after graduation. Mercy John, a final year university student expected to pay her last registration fees, says the loan does not really help Nigerian students.
1: I think if you are going to help somebody, it shouldn't be in form of a loan, it should be in form of a grant. After the whole uh, struggles in the university, you begin to search for jobs. If you check around, there are a lot of graduates out there who have nothing to do so if at the end of the day one is supposed to pay the loan is not going to be an easy one to Nigerian students.
2: Each student is entitled to about five hundred dollars every year, but Sadiq Abdullahi, a twenty-two year old financially challenged youth who is desperate to get admitted into university, says he will take the risks of collecting the loan.
6: Well, that's okay, I need the- Definitely,
3: if I would have the opportunity of getting this loan, I would collect it. Because I have waited so long to enroll in the university, but I do not have the financial means to do so. I wouldn't mind the repayment, with or without being employed. I made up my mind to repay after graduation. Even if I need to establish my own business, I will repay from it.
2: The program is designed to kick off this January 2024 but the university dons and experts describe the effort as mispriority to the country's educational sector. Dr. Fatima Sweetie expressed her concern over the sustainability of the scheme.
1: This scheme is uh, put in place to provide affordable education to students from a poor background. Is there a priority that is worth achieving? Because we know that uh, we have issues with our basic education the tertiary institution loan scheme is a good initiative, but the sustainability is what we need to question. I don't think Nigeria can sustain it to be given loans to students of tertiary institution.
2: The Nigerian authorities emulated this type of scheme from some developed countries across the globe, such as America, Canada and Philippines, that cover the cost of tuition, fees and living expenses.
0: Shehu with that report. Now let's go to Kenya. The country has been planning to deploy police officers to Haiti for some time, but it keeps facing stumbling blocks. Kenya's high court recently made a significant ruling saying the deployment of Kenya's police officers to Haiti is illegal and unlawful. This uh, has
1: sparked quite a debate, mm-hmm. especially because Kenyan President William Ruto has announced that despite the ruling, his country will forge forward with the deployment. Our correspondent Andrew Wasike from Nairobi has more on the story.
6: The recent ruling by Kenya's High Court has put a spotlight on the country's plans to deploy police officers to Haiti. The court's decision came as a blow to President William Ruto's administration, which had been pushing for this deployment despite legal challenges. The High Court deemed that the National Security Council lacks the legal mandate to deploy police officers beyond Kenya's borders. However, President Ruto is keen on moving forward with the deployment. This mission is a fundamental intervention to provide the necessary conditions for Haiti to consolidate its development and governance. Haiti has been grappling with political instability and gang violence since the assassination of President Jovenel Moise in 2021. Analysts are now split over Kenya's decision under Ruto's leadership, with some scrutinising the legal basis, while others underscore the necessity of the international collaboration in tackling global crisis. Political analyst Moses Kajuang has hailed the court's ruling.
2: This Haiti mission is a misadventure. We are sending our boy and girls to be killed, they'll come back in caskets. The court pronounced itself that this is an illegality.
6: Echoing this sentiment, distinguished legal scholar and current director of the Kenya School of Law, Patrick Locke Auchieno Lumumba, contends that the court's decision underscores the critical need to prioritize constitutional principles in Kenya's international dealings.
7: The Kenyan government have said let the court say what they want, but we are going to do what we want because we have a bilateral relationship with Haiti and we can ignore whatever the court say and this in itself is also sad because a country must be a country that obeys laws however unpopular those laws are. If I was asked to say in a single sentence whether the decision to take our police officers to Haiti is a good decision, I would say bad decision, bad judgment call.
6: Adding to the discourse, Danson Mungatana, a seasoned political analyst, offers a contrasting perspective. I don't think it is uh, right to say that the president has disobeyed the court orders. I saw the president speaking uh, on the sidelines in Italy. The Police Act allows this deployment, and that's why the deployment is okay. And I think those were the arguments that were being uh, made even by the, the minister uh, for internal security. To gain further insights into the issue. I spoke to several Kenyans here are some of them.
1: The Kenyan police that are going to be sent, they don't speak French, most of them they don't speak the local language in Haiti. So what exactly are they going to do if they're not going to be able to communicate?
7: So proud about Kenyan it shows how so flanity we have to show other countries the power we have. It give us mandate to go and execute our power there to show people in the other world we are so powerful.
6: As the debate continues, it remains to be seen how President Ruto's administration will navigate this legal setback and whether Haiti will receive its 1,000 Kenyan police for strong support
0: to maintain law and order.
1: Andrew Wasike with that report.
0: And that's how we wrap it up with me, Eddie Micah Jr.
1: And I'm Okere Ngushinado. Until next week.
3: D.W. Made for Minds.